You're listening to the Date Smarter, Sexier podcast with dating and relationship coach, Andrea LaRosa, and my co-host and producer, Kanan John Dewey. Baby, here I am, I'm a man on the scene. I can give you what you want, but you got to go home with me. I forgot some good old love, and then I got some in store. When I get through throwing it on you, you got to come back for more. Boys and things will come by the dozen. That ain't nothing but drugs, don't love it. Pretty little thing, let me light your count. Cause mama, I'm sure hard to hell and I yes around. I cannot believe we are finally at this episode. This particular episode. That was some stupid buildup. <laughs> but this is 100. I know. It's such a milestone. It's like we've been here. We've been, we started this show during the pandemic when things were a interesting. Shit show. <laughs> a shit show. And here we are in 2023. It's the summer. It's still hot out. And we're still talking about love, sex, dating, and all that goes with that. And you know what? This has been a wonderful journey so far. Like, I've loved this. To have a, I don't know about yeah, the listeners, we, but I have. <laughs> you know, I don't know either because sometimes I feel like uh, we can be picky about what we listen to and what people talk Absolutely. about. Everyone has such strong opinions and sometimes hosts of shows can be in a mood and they're on a tangent and we do that too. Oh, so uh, yeah. When people do listen to us. I appreciate that they come back because I feel like the things that we talk about are just from like an honest place mm-hmm. and it's really not to be malicious or mean no. or anything. We just, you know, sometimes we're uneducated about certain things or we're overeducated about things. So Ugh. it's a balance. So I appreciate the conversations we have and I appreciate everyone that continues to listen to our show. So thank I you to too. those listening. Yeah. I mean, this has been, have you ever heard people talk about the best way to know if you understand information is to try and teach it. So turning around and taking information that you know and reteaching it and with our show, I feel like I kind of get that. Like it's not just, you know, obviously my day job is matchmaking and coaching people and really helping people Mm -hmm. understand love and relationships personally for themselves, but having these conversations together with you allows me to kind of open my view to new possibilities because you know that's the nice thing about having a co-host is you get to bounce ideas off of each other bounce conversations back and forth and see a different Mm -hmm. point of view and yeah i just really appreciate the conversations i've learned a lot me too like i learned a lot about myself through you I learn a lot about myself through you as well because I'm just thinking like there's been some things that I would like reveal to you and you'd be like oh and I'm like oh that's not normal fuck (laughs) I need to work on like I need to work on unpacking that a little bit I thought that was perfectly fine and everyone did that everyone has this issue nope it's just me turns out oh okay let me uh no it's not like a bad thing but it's actually nice because I'm like I feel like I spend probably too much time being an uh introspective about life uh, um i overanalyze everything i'm always like thinking about my existential existence or whatever and so i feel like i appreciate like saying things and you're and hearing a reaction it allows me to like take a different perspective on how i approach things not to say i become more rigid or anything but right. it's just Oh, okay. So, hmm. So ultimately, we're it, summing this up to our time on the podcast is therapy for the two of us, at least. So, thank you, listeners, for allowing us to have <laughs> the Canaan and Andrea therapy time. <laughs> pretty much. I mean, I, 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 isn't that why people listen to us? Because we just go off. I mean, I'm I'm thinking because yeah. you know I get so insecure sometimes, and I think. 
I'm not alone in this. We all get insecure about things. And it kind of like bubbles up in our relationships. And that's Mm -hmm. why I think a lot of relationships, let's be honest, fail. Yeah. It's because we're insecure about certain things, about how people may react to us, um, about really truly being our authentic selves. And I think I struggle with that every day. And the show has kind of allowed me to ha- say what I feel um, and kind of own it. Because mm-hmm. I've said some crazy fucking, like there's like, sometimes <laughs> I'm like, Oh my God, does my husband's like family listen to this show? Does my family listen to this? Show? Oh my God, does anyone I know listen? To, like, I wonder because, you know, people say, oh yeah, 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 I heard about your show, but you know, they don't your actually friends listen. and your family are like the last to support the situation, but they're the first to say that they were like there when it takes uh-huh, off. Right. It's such a weird, it's such a weird phenomena. Anyway. Um, but, but we had my mom on the first season. Yeah. Uh, I think it was like episode six or something. High school best friends yeah uh, nicole she's on her second book now congrats to you nicole sweeney so it's like yeah it's it's we i feel like i revealed a lot of myself on that show and me too i don't know what the consequences of that might be or what the rewards of this all might be i don't know i don't know but the point is we just want people to be like their authentic selves so they can have like better relationships yeah. because I think sometimes my life is falling apart because I don't have a full grasp on my authenticity and how to project that onto the world. And because of that, things are not aligned. And I think that's the same for a lot of people. Like if we're dating someone or we're married to someone that we're just scratching our head at every fucking day, something's off. But you're never Work going to it. fully grasp it. That's part of life. We have growth, life. continuous growth. So you're never going to completely grasp your authentic self because your authentic self is going to be hopefully changing as you grow as a person, as you become more yeah. aware of things. You have yeah. to learn how to navigate within that growth. And it takes trial and error, as we all know. And sometimes it means lots of failure. A lot of failure. And sometimes, like, I fail so much that I want to win, right? right? And I know, no, and I know other men feel like that in a relationship. Like, you know, I'm thinking of the scenarios where you have a partner and she has a kid. And, mm. you know, things are getting to, like, the strike is happening right now. And I'm, I've talked to people on the line when I've gone out to the picket line. There, One person was like, yeah, my husband's a writer. Um, they've been on the lines for three months now. I'm SAG after. We just joined the line. Oh, so geez. we're going to see where things are going to go. And, like, the, like I, I can see the stress on her eyes. I can feel it within the way that she talks. So... I think about these other couples where it's like you have that pressure to like perform, to like um, meet your expectations. Like what does that do to relationships? Like what is going to happen to so many people? So I know this is totally off topic, but I want to clarify something about the strikes because I think there's a lot of misconceptions and being the fact that the two of us originally come from a film background, you're still in it. I'm no longer in it, although I do consult still. I think it's important for people to understand that not everyone in the film industry makes mega bucks like the celebrities you see all over the news, all over social media, Mm -hmm. all over films and TV. The -hmm. film industry is chocked full of blue collar workers that are just barely making it. Yes. Those people no longer have work. They haven't worked for months. And to understand, take yourself in that situation and imagine your boss saying, I'm sorry, but you can't work for the next few months. We're not going to pay you either. We'll let you know when you can come back. We're not really sure. And imagine what that would do on your relationship, on your self-esteem, your self-worth. That's what this is. I just wanted to clarify that for any of our listeners who don't understand the film industry, It's a common misconception about people who work in it, but the majority of employees within the industry are just making it. 
Yeah, I mean, I think 80% make less than 27000 And this is a strike, so they did make the decision to not work. It's not like the studios are saying, um, you can't work. It's, no, we don't want to work for like 30 cents on a dollar or some bullshit right. like that. But that's the comparison and, of... For somebody uh, who works a regular job, that would be the comparison. That's the closest you can get uh, to it. It's not okay. you saying like, well, I don't want to work because that sounds entitled. And this is not. It does. This is not about an entitlement. This is not about like, I need to make five million a picture versus one million a no. picture. That is not no. what this is. And so I just want to make that distinction. health insurance. And it's wild to me. I was I was working on this show. And I got health insurance and it was great. But as soon as I stopped working on this show, that went away because I was no longer making 20 over $27,000 a year. It's like, so if I would have signed up for it and then lost it, that would have been a fucking issue. So I'm thinking about these couples, like we're getting off topic, but you know, I would just want to say like, this is a tough time for, it like, is. I would imagine a lot of blue collar relations. Cause it's not just actors and writers. I've heard about Mm-mm. the, um, hospitality is now thinking about going on strike um ups almost went on strike but yeah. they said no we're gonna give you what you want and turn this shit right the fuck around which <laughs> is admirable it's like why can everyone else do these companies are making money hand over fist and they're like no i don't want to give you this money they are ripping families apart they're ripping couples apart because you know and it's we, not just blue as Americans, it's not just no. blue collar collar because no. you have people who have adjusted the way they live so Mm -hmm. even if they make a million dollars a year you know we look at Mm -hmm. them we're like oh poor them but they're living within that means if you make fifty thousand a year you live within that means somebody who makes a million a year who's living in within that means now gets that taken away from them now we're looking at them losing their home losing so that financial stress no matter what level you're coming in at takes a huge toll on your relationship, on your self-esteem, on your authentic self, which brings us to today's episode where we're going to talk about love. And let's start with the relationship because that's what we're talking about now, right? The stress that it has on the relationship. Mm -hmm. So here's the thing about love. And correct me if, if I'm wrong. But yes, you can go in a dictionary and look up the definition of love, but everyone's definition is so different. Everyone feels loved differently. Everyone shows love differently. Mm-hmm. Would you agree? Yeah. So the definition of what love is for someone changes from person to person, which I think is the beginning of our issues of not being able to have like the same idea of what love is. Mm-hmm. So there's issue number one or challenge, I should say. It's not really an issue. It's just a challenge. You know, we've talked about it on previous episodes about like the love languages. What was yours again? Mm-hmm. Do you remember? I don't fully remember, but I was think... Was it touch? No, it definitely wasn't touch. <laughs> I know it's definitely, although it should be, because I, that's a whole other issue to unpack in another episode, but <laughs> it should be touch. But no, I think it was t- uh, quality time. That's what it was, like doing things together. Like it was important to me that we like do stuff together, we go on trips together, yada, yada, yada. So quality time. Yeah. Okay. So for our listeners, if you don't remember what the love languages are, you have what? Physical touch, words of Mm -hmm. affirmation, gifts, Mm -hmm. quality time, and acts of Mm -hmm. service. Yeah. And they can can change Mm -hmm. if you're single or in a relationship. So if you're going online to do the quiz by Dr. Gary Chapman. Um, Make sure that you're taking it when you're single and then when you're in a relationship. Because if Mm -hmm. a need is not being met in a relationship, that becomes your more dominant need. So if you had taken the quiz before and you're like, everything looks pretty good, I want quality time, and now you don't feel like you're being touched enough, 
Now all of a sudden, physical touch becomes your number one because it's the focus. Does that make sense? Yeah, totally. (laughs) So yeah. It's important to know whether you're single or in a relationship, how you feel loved, how you show your love, and to be open to show your love to your partner the way that they need to feel loved. I know we've talked about it many, many times, but I think it's so important to just kind of reiterate over and over and over again. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Because I can't tell you how many times I hear people say like, well, this is how I show that I love someone. But if your partner doesn't receive that way, then you're not going to be a good match if you're not open to change, if you're not open to show them what they need. That's why it's like either you have to be like your authentic self or you have to be like conscious of what they want, because I think especially in my case in like past relationships resentment would grow because mm-hmm. you feel like your 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 thing your um whatever your love language is is not being met and because it's not being met you're starting to feel like resentment towards your partner and let's be real a lot of us are slightly passive aggressive not to accuse all of us i think it's just the nature mm-hmm. of how things are kind yeah. of sort of with expressing ourselves things have changed with communication over the last 10, 12 years or whatever with uh, social media and the telephone, the cell phone, yada, yada, yada. Anyway, so I think a lot of us aren't really expressing what we really want in a relationship. Because when we think about shows like Sex in the City and how popular it was, uh. it was because these women were talking about the things we want to talk about amongst relationships. Now, our parents, I feel like, probably didn't talk about, I don't know, because my parents weren't very open with each other. So I don't know what a conversation between them would even look like (laughs) if I wasn't standing there. So that being said, I think for many of us millennials, our parents weren't like that unless, you know, they were uh, alternative family, I guess you Mm -hmm. would say, like the bohemian kind of families, the families that are very sex positive. For the rest of us Americans, it's kind of sort of Puritan, kind of sort of conservative, kind of sort of let's not really talk about what's happening that's kind of insinuated. Let's call our genitals cute little names like uh, my willy wally. Do you want to suck my willy wally? No, ew, that's gross. That sounds like you're... Willy... No, I can't say it out loud. Exactly. <laughs> but there are adult men who still can't. Talk about their genitals in a in a in a. That's true. I've heard women call it a hoo ha before, and I'm like, "You're what? Where's that? Yeah, is that a ride somewhere? Like, what the fuck is a hoo ha?" Mm -hmm. So she's calling her vagina her hoo-ha. She's not even calling her pussy. She's not even straight out saying, hey, you want to eat my pussy? No, she's saying, um, you want to maybe peruse near my hoo-ha? What the fuck is that? Can you imagine what sex is like with her? Can you imagine what sex is probably like between the two people together? So So if you think about it, if we're unable to call our genitals what they are, or at least be sexually open and authentic about it, can you imagine what the rest of the relationship looks like? And I think that is a symptom. I'm just going to straight out say it. My husband sometimes calls his penis, I forget what he calls it. Or like if I walk in the room, you're hard. He'll be like, oh, your donger is hard. And I'm like, donger? Oh my God. I feel like I'm in like a fucking 90s teen comedy and a bunch of jocks are about to run out and laugh at my penis it's but i think it's an uncomfortableness within ourselves within a relationship Mm -hmm. sometimes and i think my husband and many many men and many many women are like that because i've had friends talk about shit it seems like there's a thing going on where we're just afraid to fully be our authentic selves in a relationship. And that is why people's love language isn't getting met. Like, if Mm -hmm. you're a gold digger, now you're being shamed for it, whereas before you were happily a fucking gold digger. I'm just being funny and crass. I'm sorry if you are someone, if that bothers anyone. But some people do like getting gifts as their love language, but now that's being shamed. Or physical touch. Now with the world... Now, before I say this, 
this only applies to your partner. Like, you know, you should not be touching people that you don't know that are not your girlfriend or not your boyfriend or whatever. Right. in In a world of consent and whatnot, I feel like that may have put like a little layer of something on over whether how much I can be demonstrative to my partner to the point are they uncomfortable with this especially when you're dating especially early in yeah exactly it's like do I kiss her I really like her but I don't want her to slap me right can I hold her hand without her freaking out Exactly. And we're, we're in a time where things are on edge and we're afraid to be our authentic self because we don't want to offend. We don't want to yeah. make someone uncomfortable. But I feel like it's creating a world where people can't really find the perfect partner for themselves. They can't really engage in great sex because they're... I was... Oh, I shouldn't release too much information, but my husband already fucking knows this. I was fucking <laughs> around with this guy and he was so afraid to like be in the moment. I was the top in that situation and just just be there. Like he was so in his mind about it. I'm just thinking like, man, if you're like this with me, mm-hmm. how are you like if you're actually dating someone? If you're really into someone like if you cannot allow yourself to be in this moment you're constantly worried about how i'm going to react to something you're not being your authentic Mm -hmm. self you're not enjoying you we can't even enjoy this sex because you're so in your head we've confused the shit out of people just simply and i'm not i'm not trying to say that consent is is an absolute consent is a hundred percent an absolute but now we've confused people because we are pushing and pushing pushing you have to have consent but we never gave people the language or ways or skills to ask for it and so Mm -hmm. now people are confused in relationships because now what i hear you have two sides to this you have women who are screaming, you have to ask me for consent before you even come near me. Don't touch me. Don't try and kiss me on a date. Don't try and hold my hand without consent. And those same women will often say, oh, I'm so turned on when the guy just goes in and grabs me and kisses me. But he didn't ask for consent. Bitch, stop giving confusing messages to people. Confusing. Like, I'm all for leadership of women i'm all for like getting equality that is perfect but i think it's perfectly fine to say what you want without lessening the other like you can allow a man to like be a leader in the situation and 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 whatever whatever that looks like Mm -hmm. without putting yourself down and i feel like men have to be able to allow women to shine without feeling like they have to they have to dim their light in order for them to shine so that's where the problem is as well And I think if a woman really wants to have both, if you want him to have consent and you want him to take control over the moment, then you have to give him consent during another time. So for example, telling a guy, you know, if you are in the middle of having dinner and you know at the end of this date, like you want him to lay one on you, At some point during that time together, during that dinner, when he can't take advantage of it in that moment, you can give him that consent. You can, in a very flirty way, tell him that, you know, that you're open to him kissing you at the end of the night or, you know, be creative with how you say it or how you go about it. You know, Mm -hmm. it depends on your personality. You have to lean into your flirting style, but you could Mm -hmm. potentially do something like, you know, you lean over, you touch his hand for like a few seconds, you pull back and you just say like, you know, I'm having such a wonderful time with you. I'd be totally open for a little make out sesh after. Whatever you want to do, right? It's got to be your style. But it's okay to give him consent in a moment that isn't isn't that moment. So then he's not asking for it. If you really get turned on by someone taking control over the moment. They did a study where women said they want men to take control over the moment and kiss them on a date, but only if they're attracted to them. 
if they're on the fence about the attraction level or they're not attracted to them physically quite yet, then that is when women are screaming, no, don't touch me. You have to ask for consent. But if they're highly attracted to the man, then they want him to just be alpha male and take control over the situation, which is unfair because now what you're doing is you're asking men to be mind readers. Well, I feel like in a way we should go back to basics. Remember the movies, like I think they were early 2000s. Yes, some of them might be problematic now because there are some um, misogynistic views in some of these movies. That being said, let's push that aside. Um, Body language, like the basics. Let's go back to the basics. Like if you're into someone, push your tits up. If you're into someone, (laughs) like you said, no, 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 I'm serious. Like you said, touch their hand. If you're into someone, toss your hair to the other side so they can see your collarbone. If you're into someone, make contact, smile, make sure you're always engaged with them. Men, if she's doing all of that or, or whoever, men, women, whoever, if the other person's doing all of that, I feel like we need to t- be more assertive in showing our flirtations. I like, we're all too timid. If you're into someone, show it. Be sexier. Yeah, you may look goofy. We're too afraid to be vulnerable. Be yeah. goofy, be vulnerable, push up your cleavage, be the dumb, goofy guy. Hey, you want to see my bicep? Yeah, it's corny, but do something to show the other person. It'll work for the right person. Want... Yes. Yeah. You want them to look at you sexually. Do something sexual in that moment <laughs> that you want. You want them to equate you to sex. That's what you want to do, right? Yeah. Like, I mean, I so... laugh because I talk about this in my book. I give an example of this guy who did the whole bicep thing on a first date. He had like this little tattoo on his bicep and it was a little leprechaun and he stood up at the restaurant and he pulled up his sleeve and he flexed and he was like, look, my little uh, leprechaun can dance or something like that. And like the waiter saw it, started cracking up. It's just like, it's. But for the right person, that would work. would pucker. Uh, like I'm just picturing that. I'm like, oh my god, he is so dumb and so cute. I can't. We're fucking tonight. <laughs> no, but seriously, it's like when you think about your pet. And I'm sorry. Like I'm a guy too. I feel like men are are way simple. I think that's a grand revelation that is upon us right now. <laughs> that we're really starting to realize women are like a hundred times smarter than men for the most part, because I'm starting to think of certain people, and somehow we've been able to hold control. I don't know. Maybe it's the power of the phallic, the dick. I don't know. That being said, when you think about a pet, like a dog or a cat, they bring you gifts when they want you to be proud of them. That's true. Men do this. Men do the exact same thing. They flex. And I think sometimes when guys do it, especially now because things are modern, we look at that and we're like, oh, how fucking corny is this fucking loser? Um, hello, he will rock your fucking world if you were less like rigid and closed off about who could potentially be a, a, a mate for you. I feel like we're overlooking simple fucking cues when it comes to attraction. We take things, we a peacock or a bird. Like think of birds in nature. The female well, peacocking bird is the real look, thing. It is a real thing, but most birds do it. If most, if any of you listening, go to your local zoo, go to the uh, uh, arborarium. Uh, please forgive me if I'm fucking the word up, but it's where they keep all the birds. And just watch when like it's mating season, the male birds put on this beautiful display. They dance, they frolic, they do all kinds of weird songs to get the female. It's the same for human men, <laughs> but we're overlooking that. We're taking it and we're turning it into this thing. Now, I'm not I'm not trying to come off as misogynist. I'm not trying to excuse poor behavior. I'm not trying to say that guys doing things that invade people's personal space or things that harm other people should right, be seen right. as We're cute. never okay. going that far. I'm not saying that. We're just talking but about sim- peacocking. But simple gestures. I think a lot of us overlook it. 
or even so are you saying that people should be more aware that their date is peacocking and be open to it and not so turned off by it yes i think because we interpret peacocking as oh he's being egotistical he's being an asshole he's just not thinking a lot of times guys do that out of nervousness oh i look at it as insecurity that too that's why i'm turned off by it it's a turn off, yes, but I think if we can like now some of these guys, it is a red flag. I will say that mm-hmm. as a red flag of some yeah, because it could be love decisions. bombing. Yes, it could be definitely be that, but I feel like a lot of times it's just because the guy is insecure and does not know how to win you over. So what does he do? He resorts to the superficial material possessions of life that he mm-hmm. thinks is going to win over his me. Oh, um, well. My friend, yeah, his 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 uncle is Kobe. No, I'm not say that. His uncle is uh um Steven Spielberg. So like, oh, the name <laughs> drop every yeah right. like every weekend or so. You know, me and Steven, you know, she, we go play some golf. Like it's corny. Yeah, yes, that is Which, super fucking corny. I'm glad you brought that up because it brings me to the next part of this love, the platonic love, right? I've said it multiple times. I've posted it multiple times. And ironically, it's really funny that I have um, a few old clients that actually followed this and realized there's so, so much truth to this. A lot of times, the smart man will learn to be the platonic love. He will be the friend. He will be the supportive friend. He will stay in the friend zone. And so often, and like, I've put up a few posts. I guarantee you that if you look into your friend zone, that you're really missing out on an ideal relationship. Because people say over and over and over again, when you ask them, what do you want when you're looking for love? That's the first thing I ask when I get on a consultation call with people. What what is it you're looking for? And I always hear the same thing. My best friend. Bingo. My best friend. Well, bitch, your best friend's in the friend zone. (laughs) Like, look in the friend zone. Male, female, this is not gender specific, but look at the friends that you have. Why are they your friends? Why do you love them so much? Do they support you? Not everyone in your friend zone is going to be relationship material, obviously. I can think of a lot of friends that I have that I could never date or people that I've dated that I've realized were better off as friends. But that platonic love can be very, very strong. Yeah. Yes, in order for it to be a relationship, you have to cross that boundary and have intimacy. And not all, not, not all relationships can do that. But that platonic love can really drive you. It can be really powerful too. And yeah, so maybe they stay platonic for the entire relationship. But look at that love. So if we're talking about love today, right, we're talking about like the love between two people in an intimate relationship, but also to not disregard that love that you have with friends, whether they're same sex, opposite, doesn't matter, right? It's just any two humans that have... And I um, agree because that's where... No, no, it's not really a but. It kind of goes off what we were kind of talking about with those guys that are nervous on a date. It's like, if those guys can learn to be comfortable with themselves, they could end up in the friend zone. But what happens most times is they just get ghosted, right? Like, we don't usually go on second dates with these kind of guys. Not we, as in me and you, but a lot of times these guys don't get second dates because they can't be their authentic selves. But Mm -hmm. the few guys that are their authentic selves, either A, get a second date, or B, end up a friend, which then... When you think about it, how often have we heard, oh, we were friends for so long and a lot. I like looked at him and next we were we had some tequila at a party and next <laughs> thing you know, I'm pregnant. It's like you hear so <laughs> No, but you it's, it's a not very uncommon. valid point. Yeah, because if you're not your authentic self, how can you be real friends if you can't really like friends 
are themselves around each other. They are just, Mm -hmm. they don't have a filter. They don't, they're not like always putting on their eyelash. They're not always putting on their tuxedos when they're around you. They're like, you know, very casual. They're having a good time. That's what we want. This is how we used to meet people. If you really think about it, before there were dating apps, how did you meet Mm -hmm. someone? One, usually it was work. A lot of times it was work. It was friend groups. It was meeting someone through an interest group, whether it was a book club, a cooking class, Mm -hmm. um, school. Mm -hmm. A lot of people meet Mm -hmm. in college. Mm -hmm. But you get to know them first. It's not Mm -hmm. I meet them and my initial intention is to date them. It's I meet them. I'm going to befriend them to see if there's possibly an interest from their side. So there's Mm -hmm. time spent getting to know one another. Because of Mm -hmm. dating apps, We now expect to start at such a later point in this courtship. Yes. I've matched with you. That means you're supposed to date me. No. That means we're supposed to be like soulmates. We are supposed to just get to know one another. But everyone is on this expedited time frame because Mm -hmm. dating apps put so many people in front of you. But what I think we need to remember is that just because the app is presenting these people does not mean that they're going to have an interest in you. It does Mm. not mean that it's going to be a good fit. And Mm. I just, I think dating apps really are ruining (laughs) the way we look at relationships because we're not spending the time necessary to court one another, to get to know each other. There's not that, there's, I feel like, we're robbing ourselves of so like mind you i met my husband on the scruff app but before we even met we were friends we didn't even like talk about dating we were talking about spicy sub sandwiches from this place <laughs> near him that he just absolutely loved i thought he was kind of a nerd i was like i'm not meeting this guy i'm just going to talk to him blah 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 fast forward we're almost on our 7 year marriage anniversary it's been a wonderful journey so far Um, That being said, I feel like if I had a choice to, for if I was a single modern person, I would not rely on the dating apps because the thing that we're not getting is like that initial, I'll say it, attraction. You see them across the room, you're like, who is that? (laughs) I want to know more about them. And then you may introduce yourself or you may find a way to bump into that person somehow. Like all the courting that goes along with playing that dance in real time. Or just like you said, when you're like out like in a cooking class and you meet someone, you're there, you have a shared interest. Oh, wow, you did such a wonderful job on that croissant. How did you get it so flaky? That's an icebreaker. It's like we're robbing ourselves of the icebreakers that would naturally happen in a real-time setting. No matter how cute your pictures are, no matter what you do online, all I feel like all the icebreakers are going to be awkward. There's always going to be that, hey, hey. Because you're trying too hard. It's not natural. Everything is forced. It's forced, forced, forced. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Which is why it's a forced environment. Yeah. It is great if you can get off the apps and meet someone in real life. And yeah, Yeah. like some of our listeners who are local to me might be saying like, well, then host more singles events, Andrea. But they're a lot of work. (laughs) And they're a lot of work for anyone who puts them on and they can be very costly. But I get it. Like... Everyone has to have some kind of single event in their area at some point. Like you just have to be Mm. really diligent about looking for them. They're hard to find. I'm always trying to share when local restaurants or bars are hosting them. I'm not Mm. connected to them. I just want to share it so that people know like, hey, this is an event that's happening. You should go to it Mm. (laughs) if you want to meet someone and get away from the app. Get a, get away from the app. Like, I think that's, like, number one is get away from the app. Or just, like, go to meetup groups. Yeah. Like, there's so many interests that I think I think the main thing is pick an interest of yours. Mm-hmm. Not you and me. But, like, for me, I would, like, if I was single right now, I'd probably join a cooking class because I am cook. Well, am I cooking because I'm in a relationship or am I cooking because I enjoy it? Hmm. 
that might be out for a dis- anyway. So I will figure out. <laughs> that's up for my, debate. Like, that's up for debate. Um, maybe fitness. You know, two fitness people getting together. I, I feel like there's just so many meetup groups, and there's some weird ass. Me- and I'm saying weird because it's just weird to me. But I'm no, I'm not trying to shame anyone's interest. But there's so many niche. Oh, absolutely. Absolutely. You can end up there where with other single people. Actually, even like local stuff. There's this place up the street from me. It's a hobbies place. I think they people get together and play Dungeons and Dragons or something. Uh, I don't know. But when I go past there sometimes, I see guys and gals in there, a mixture of people. So I would imagine if I'm someone that's into playing hobby stuff or doing these kind of things and I go there and someone else is single... I just increase my chances of yeah. finding a mate that has exact same interests as me. We can play Dungeons and Dragons together. Or just one more example. We were driving home and at the New Art Theater every Saturday night, they do Rocky Horror Picture Show. And a line oh of people God. show up dressed up in their costumes. Imagine That's being still a, a thing? gay man. Or, yes, or a <laughs> lesbian or a non-binary or a straight person fully into this this eccentric musical and you're single and you say what am i going to do tonight you know what i'm going to get dressed up and i'm going to go to a rocky horror picture show you just increase your chances of meeting another single person that might be into the exact same fucking thing as you so if that's true what else is true about this person you can have so many things in common just get outside and do something you like is what i'm trying if you have a common interest hobby whatever it is that's a huge starting point. It doesn't mean huge. an entire relationship can be sustained by it, but it's better than being on an app when you don't know if you have anything in common except for the fact that you might be attracted to this person. And I say might exactly. because pictures pictures are such they shit. Lie. They they lie. They're, they're filters. Like, they're old. They're ugh, oh, they're terrible. Pictures are really not a good rep. Every person I've ever seen in any picture, there's very few people that look exactly like their pictures. I will say that. But pictures are, for most of us, they're a poor representation of who we are because Mm -hmm. I will say why. We're not photographers. We don't have professional lighting. So a lot of times we're putting up photos with terrible fucking lighting. How many times have you seen a guy's photo where he has those dark shadows under his eyes because he took a picture at 12 noon in full sunlight and he thinks that's his best picture because he looks hot but he looks like a drug addict as well because of the poor light <laughs> so many people no no i'm serious I know. but meanwhile you meet him in person you're like wow you look really different from right. your photo or you have a nice energy about you that doesn't come through in a picture that's that, one that i hear of a lot have resting bitch face and we're always like doing i'm not calling posh spice a bitch but we all have that that model vogue look all the time i don't want to smile i want to look cool at all times but then behind closed doors you're like a goofball you like sing to all (laughs) the disney musicals and you know you know how to like souffle weird anyway so it's just like we never know the full picture Mm -hmm. until we get to see someone's authenticity and a lot of times Pictures don't do it. Imagine if we had dating apps with no pictures. Well, that's how people used to meet, remember? Like, uh, yeah. <laughs> not necessarily, like they had newspaper as, okay, oh, that's right. I'm only turning 40 this year, but I do remember looking at the newspaper, like I just kind of like, oh, this is how people meet. Oh my, and they would be like so dirty sometimes, like single white male looking for hot right. blah 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 within blah 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 from me i'm like ooh, what's that or um professional black man seeking hot black wife i'm like oh my god i used to get i forgot off about those sometimes. yes that's i would love like- to know how successful those were if at all you know i they, wonder that too they had to be because yeah, in a way, because it's, but I would imagine also that it's like blind dating. And I would imagine it's kind of the same as how it is now. Catfishing 
or whatever it's called could happen. Oh, so. yeah, 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 for sure. But catfishing yeah. still happens even with photos. That's the thing. So like with or without a photo, <laughs> it's shit still happening. Like I send That's all my true. clients on blind dates. I know for a fact if I had allowed them to look at each other's photos, they would say like, mm, no, mm. I don't think so. But because they send them on a blind date, they're forced to get to know each other and feel out each other's energy about one another. And that sparks an interest a lot of times. How many times, if you think about it, like, at least for me, had I dated someone or been in a relationship with someone and thought, I would have never swiped right on you. You know what? This is going to sound very provocative, considering the fact that I just said that I've been in this seven-year I'm coming up on my seven-year anniversary with my husband. But in my experience in the past, some of the hottest men have been men with no profile pictures. Mm, People are always like, no pic, no chat. I'm like, you might want to reconsider that because some of the hottest sex and the hottest men I have ever met have always been the guys that do not want to put their pictures online for people to look at. I'm just going to throw that out there. So it just goes to show we need to be a little bit more open to our options. Everything is not what it seems is basically what I'm getting at. If you're looking at something online, it is not a real, true representation of anyone, anywhere, at any fucking time. I'm sorry. Everyone is an actor online. Even those (laughs) who say they're not actors, they're actors because we we all curate our social media, whether we think it or not. We're curating. We only want people to see our best angles. How many of us untag photos that we don't like, you know? So I do it all the all time. All of us do it. <laughs> exactly. So I'm like, oh, why'd you put that picture up of me? Untag. <laughs> untag. Yeah. Like, so because that is a reality, I think we need to look deeper into, I need to have more empathy mm-hmm. for people. Like, everything isn't what it seems. Every jerk with an ego isn't really a jerk some of those guys are actually really sweet they've just found a fucked up way to show that now i'm not making an excuse for violent men i'm not making an excuse for men that are indifferent i'm not making an excuse for men who um are abusive mentally i'm talking about regular guys who just can't figure out how to be authentic because they see on television they see on instagram this is what cool looks like. This is what a successful person But they've looks also like. learned it from sending messages on the apps. So one set of messages that it feels more authentic to them, they send it mm-hmm. and it doesn't land with someone. And then the next person yeah. it does. And the next person it yeah. doesn't land again. And they can't figure out what the right thing is to say. But ultimately, just be yourself because the right person yes. will respond to it. And look, yeah, exactly. like if you are super attracted to someone and they don't respond to it, they're not going to respond in real life either. So, so yeah, even if you met them Move in a on. bar, <laughs> like the old way, right? You're you're at yeah. an event, you're in a bar and you go up and talk to them. You're going to get people who are just not going to be interested. You're not their type. Yeah. You're not going to yeah. be everybody's type. And for some reason, dating apps have given this false idea that you're supposed to be everybody's type. Well, I swiped right on you. So gives a shit. Like, congratulations. (laughs) There's there's no guarantee here. Anyways, I don't want to keep on with the dating app thing, but I want to wrap up our love with self-love because we've talked about relationship love, platonic relationship love, but the important one when we talk about authenticity, we're forgetting is the self-love, which is self-care. Have you ever heard the saying, I, I don't know who said it, you can't love anyone else until you love yourself. I've heard that so many times growing mm-hmm. up and I used to be like, that's bullshit. It's actually kind of true because if you don't love yourself, then you attract people who also don't love themselves, which then creates yes. a whole world of chaos for yourself. Mostly so. codependency. Mm-hmm mostly codependency because if you don't know and it doesn't mean like we're not talking about you have to be a hundred percent i'm good i love myself my self-esteem you don't have to be a hundred percent that's not what we're saying it's not an all or nothing Mm -hmm. but you have to at least 
have some self-care practice in place and mm-hmm. have some idea of your self-worth. That's what yeah. self-love is. It's being able to look in the mirror and liking something about yourself. Nobody yeah. likes themselves 100%, right? Like no how many one. times do you Not look in the mirror Beyonce. and you're like, oh, look at that ass. Oh my God, look at these thunder thighs or... Oh my God, I can't believe I have this jingle jiggle underneath my arm, this little arm fat, because yeah. you get that when you get old like I do. Yeah. So like, you're never going to look in the mirror and say like, fuck me, this person is the hottest thing. I mean, if you can, congratulations. But very few people can do that, authentically yeah. do that, not from a place of yes. ego, but a place of even those actually people that loving yourself. Say- can do that i even still question them because i feel like the whole the whole human experience is having some doubt somewhere i'm not saying that it's uh, as a negative i think that's kind of what regulates us in a way to keep us like motivated because if everything was humble yeah so if everything was perfect all the time then what do you have to work towards right if i looked in the mirror and said damn i am a fucking 11 out of 10 (laughs) I guess I just go you're never going to improve yourself. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So there's always room for improvement, no matter what the situation is, especially within ourselves. Like when I mentioned earlier about the meetup groups, I feel like that's a wonderful way mm. to like for self care. Now, I think most people think of self care as getting a massage, going to the sauna. Um, I don't know. But I think self care really is just finding a way to like tap back into that childlike part of yourself where the hours just go by and I'm having so much fun I know so many adult people who do not have hobbies now granted we are living in a world where we have to work all the time just to be able to pay rent I understand I'm kind of there too but I feel like you're still gonna this is gonna be very dark for a second you're still gonna die so why not take that knitting class to like at least break up the time to at least break up the 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 i feel like we're all on automation we're all like working in a rote mode where Mm -hmm. we don't really know what's going on but we're just i paid my rent my husband's satisfied i saw my favorite show last night let's do this again tomorrow right and what happens to you after doing that over and over mm. and over and over, or do you become you happier? Get drained. No, you really don't. You, right. But and that's the op- had, that's why you need self care. You need self care. You need your hobbies. You need the things mm-hmm. that make life a little bit more fun. Because let's be real, no matter who the person is you're talking to. Everyone, even, and I keep saying her name, even Beyonce is dealing with their own as existential existence, their own, like, what does my life mean? Like, why oh. am I here? Like, what is this? So Probably you even everyone, more so because she's in the spotlight 24-7 and people love her for all the wrong reasons. Exactly. So we're just regular people. So... And I think you have, people have an idea of who Andrea LaRosa is. People have an idea of who Kane and Dewey is. Mm-hmm. So that being said, if we realize that everyone is dealing with who am I, I think it would allow us to have more empathy when we meet people, to be more open to like, yeah, that was a little weird what he or she or they just did. But you know, considering the fact that we're all going through something fucking weird, trying to figure out what life is, maybe let me not judge this too quick. Maybe I'll ask about why they said what they said. Maybe I'll dive deeper into this person, what makes them do what they do. There's more Self-care can do that. It can help you stay grounded. It can help you stay focused. The mm-hmm. idea behind self-love, right, which is self-care, is to create a routine that allows you to take time to yourself and yes. to appreciate who you are. So if you're self-practice, so let's just t- give an example, right? So your self-care practice every week might be um, you go to the gym and you work out and maybe you do like a 10 minute meditation once a week 
or you take a hike, or you go to a cooking class, you might... take a fencing class. Fencing, yeah. You're engaging in your hobbies. Maybe it's stamp collecting, if anyone does that still, and you're researching online how to find the stamps that you really like. What it does in that moment is it fills you with joy. It fills you with relaxation and, you know, for... Shopping is always the one big one that's debatable because yeah. for some people, shopping is their self-care. If you can mm-hmm. afford it, if you go shopping and you feel great in the moment and then you get home and you're like, shit, now I have to get that credit card bill and I'm going to be freaking out when that comes, that is not self-care. That's it's not. just done the opposite. If yeah. you go shopping and you're like, oh, that was so much fun. Here's an example. So, because I'm using women because women love to shop, but I know plenty of men that love to shop more than me. You call up your girlfriend and you're like, hey, you know, I need a day. Let's go shopping. And you go hit up the mall and you have an afternoon where you go shopping and you grab dinner afterwards and you go home and you feel really good. You feel full because you had quality time with a friend, that's self-care. Mm-hmm. You took care of yourself. You went out and had a good meal that self-care you went shopping you did something fun that self-care and then you go home and there's no guilt about what you you bought there's no guilt about you know spending the time shopping or the money as long as there's no guilt afterwards that is self-care because it fills you up with relaxation and joy yeah so just find something that does that find multiple things that do that Because if you don't feel joy and love and peace after engaging in a practice, then that's not self-care. That's that's how you're going to know. Is this self-care? Well, how do I feel afterwards? Yeah. Yeah. And I will say that it's kind of hard to like find what that is that makes you feel like that. But I do highly recommend just trying things until something clicks because I... Yeah. I'm someone that has gone through so many hobbies in my life, but the only one that really has seemed to stuck is being creative. Mm-hmm. So it looks different for everyone. Like, And it should different. change throughout your life. You mm-hmm. know, it's funny. I was just having a conversation the other day with a friend of mine, and we were saying how, you know, a couple years ago, we were all into going wine tasting. It was such a wonderful, mm-hmm. like, way to spend the weekend. On a Sunday afternoon, mm-hmm. we would wine taste and just chill and it was just it was great it was a great time to spend with friends it was a relaxing Mm -hmm. thing to do then the pandemic Mm -hmm. happened and it got really weird and a little bit more challenging and now we both are noticing that neither one of us care to go wine tasting anymore (laughs) it's not (laughs) it just doesn't fill our self-care like now going wine tasting for some reason feels stressful And I don't know what created that shift, but that tells me that's not a self-care practice for me anymore. I think there's been a lot of self, there's been a lot of shifts in what was fun prior. Because I've been going through the same things, like stuff I used to love to do prior to the pandemic. Now I do it, I'm just like, yeah, it's it's okay. Yeah. But that's going to happen. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's why you got to continue to like keep trying different things like i feel like there's so much we can do with ourselves and the i forget who said it but life isn't about finding who you are but it's about creating who you are Mm -hmm. and i think for a lot of us we think that there's this divine inner soul who has this map of a person and we just need to figure out what that map says that's really not it. It's <laughs> you get to create who you want to be. If you want to be the outdoorsy person who loves to go fishing and camping and do all the things that are involved with that kind of lifestyle in person, you can make the choice to be that person or you can make the choice to not be that person and resent the fact that you're not that person and go through life mad because you're not that person and 
your real reality is you're this blue collar guy with a job that you fucking hate and your your mate is a shopaholic who spends more time on Amazon than having a conversation with you. That's not, so what does that look like? How can you be happy if you're right. not your authentic self? So, so ultimately. Create who you want to be. Create the yeah. life that you want. Be but the also authentic person you think you live are. Live in the moment. Yeah. You know, appreciate and be grateful for what you do have. I feel this like this year for a lot of people that are close to me and myself included, we've gone through some massive changes. And a lot of people have gone through major, major changes this year. In the past couple of years, because of the pandemic, things just have not calmed down. So dealing with career changes, living situation changes, family and friendships that have changed and shifted and lost, Mm -hmm. um, death in the family. I feel like a lot of people are really struggling right now with a lot of loss in general. Yeah. And I mean, my dad died during a pandemic. Right. I'm not going to lie. I did not see him get buried. I did because he was cremated and it was, I didn't want to travel from California to New Jersey at the time because it was like the height of things. So basically my dad just like vanished into like nothingness and I'm still kind of processing that in a way. And it's weird. So, and I know I'm not alone because there's other people like one day the person is healthy. Next thing you know, they have this you know, disease and then they die. That so much is taking a toll on so many of us throughout this pandemic and after it. And I feel like we need to be just a little bit more patient with each other. And yeah. So many people experience that so many people. And I'm not trying to take away from your personal experience, but it's a really great point to bring up because a lot of people have been going through that but not dealing with it and dealing with it doesn't mean you stuff it dealing with it means that you take the necessary steps that work for you to heal and to process maybe it's reading books about grief maybe it's going to a grief counselor maybe it's going to therapy Mm -hmm. maybe it's reaching out to old friends and family and healing past wounds with the people who are still alive it doesn't matter what it looks like for you as long as you are doing it with love. It's making sure that we are being our best selves and coming from a place of love and compassion with the people around us, the people that we're in a relationship with, the platonic relationships around us, and ourselves. Yeah. And with that said, We want to share our love with our listeners and tell you that we love and appreciate you. And we will be back at you for season five. Although I think we're doing an in-between season special. I forget if what we're doing. I don't know. (laughs) It's hard to keep up. (laughs) But we will share our love with you. Um. And we hope that you share your love with us and with those around you. And maybe our last thought of our 100th episode is that I want to challenge you today to reach out to three to five people and remind them of the love that you have for them, whether it's family, whether it's a friend, maybe a coworker, or maybe just a stranger on the street. Don't be creepy about it. (laughs) <laughs> but show your show love your and appreciation. Pre- <laughs> like, well, why that could spiral? I mean, no. Like, if you see someone with a beautiful outfit, uh, let me let's Compliment be honest. Them. Anyone that's dressed in a very unusual way than what most people are dressed wants a compliment on their outfit. So, if yeah. you see someone coming down the street and they're working, wearing some period piece or some uh, anything eccentric, they that is the easiest icebreaker in the world if you see someone dress not the norm and you like yeah. them and they look good there you go Shoot that's them a compliment. Way to show appreciation yeah there you go that is sharing love that's all you have to do you don't have to be like hey bro i love you to a complete stranger 
You, you can know, just give a compliment. My mother did that one time. We were going <laughs> to, no, seriously, we were going to IHOP in Atlantic City after my dad died. And we were walking into it, and she holds the door for this, you know, I'm not going to make this about what it's not about, but she just says to the strange woman, I love you. And I'm just in that moment, I was like, that is wonderful that she said, I love you to this stranger like this. But I kind of wish she said it to me like that ever in my life. Oh, my God. <laughs> we'll unpack that in season five. Oh. <laughs> Ouch. That's, oh, my gosh. That's not how I wanted to end this episode. Well, I love you and I appreciate you. Oh my God, thank you. I'm sorry if I put it. I just thought it would be like a, you know what? <laughs> and with thank that you for said, listening to all... <laughs> yes, finish that sentence, please. <laughs> thank you for listening to 100 episodes of Our Chaos. It has been so much fun and I can't wait to come back to share more uncomfortable stories with Andrea and the rest of you. Love y'all. Well, that's a wrap on today's episode, but it's certainly not a wrap on us. Check out my website, datesmartersexier.com, where you can get your copy of my book, sign up for dating courses, or join the matchmaking community. We appreciate you listening to this episode. Please like and follow us on your favorite podcast streaming site. And if you'd like to get involved, shoot us an email at datesmarterpodcast at gmail.com. Whether you'd like to be a guest or simply want your question answered, we are here to help. And remember, all of our questions remain anonymous. Until next time, keep dating smarter. Thank you for listening to this episode of Date Smarter Sexier. If you'd like more information on how you can be more successful with love and dating, or to schedule a free consultation with me, your dating coach and matchmaker, please visit datesmartersexier.com. And please subscribe to this show at your favorite podcast streaming platform.